Welcome back to another episode of You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership, teamwork, and passion on all aspects of life. My guest today is Andy Toll. He has a great story to share as to how he continually followed his dream of photography. It all started when he learned photography while being in the service, and it continues today in his retirement years. His journey took him through several job changes and moves, but his love for photography never wavered. The interview with Andy is broken into two parts. In part one, we discuss his career journey. In part two, we dive a little deeper into what he learned with leaders, teamwork, and communications, and the effects of personalities on all three. To learn more, visit our blog site, which is youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters U R just a number.com. All one word. I am Jim Zellum, your host and author of the book, Stepping Stones of Leadership. So let's get started. Today I have Andy Toll. Andy is a professional photographer and he has spent many years in, in photojournalism, worked for newspapers, and now and he loves his photography. So welcome, Andy. Hello, good welcome to you too. Glad to be here. So Andy, I, I see in your career, you know, you and I, you and I have known each other for a while, and I know you, you know, you've worked for quite a few different places. You, you with your writing talents and your photography. So tell, tell us a little bit about your journey to why did you get into photography and everything like that? And I see you moved all over the place. So, you know, let's talk about that a little sure. bit. Well. I got into uh, photographing things uh, in the Air Force when I was in Germany. I was able to get a, uh, a good uh, 35 millimeter camera and I would go out and take pictures. And I had to send them to a lab though. And the lab wouldn't, wouldn't print some of my pictures. And the reason they wouldn't print them is because on purpose, I would do double exposures I would underexpose, I would overexpose, and that sort of thing, but the lab wouldn't print them. So I got what mad was, at that. What was your logic behind that? Why wouldn't they do that? They thought they were mistakes. Oh. And I was doing it on purpose. Ah. Because by the time I was doing that, I knew what I was doing. So I found out, well, they're not, they're not printing them, they think they're mistakes. So there happened to be a photo class on the base where I lived in Germany. I took the class. I learned how to process film, print pictures on my own through the class. And when I did that, I realized, I think I would like to do this for a career. So when I got out, I went to school, I got my associate's degree and I got the first job I, uh, put in for, I got. And it happened to be at a commercial studio in Milwaukee. Uh, the studio is defunct now, but their, their biggest client at the time was Harley Davidson. And that was really exciting because I had ridden motorcycles since I was in high school. So I liked being around the bikes and photographing them and all that kind of thing. And that uh, particular experience taught me how to interact with business people 
advertising people and company executives because go ahead i'm sorry go ahead. no because you had to be tactful <laughs> and accommodating <laughs> if you know what i mean yes i do so that uh, working at a commercial studio taught me that partially but when i found out about commercial at least for me commercial photography wasn't that difficult once you learned the lighting formula for whatever product you were shooting it because it is a formula and you learn how to light an object and after that all you do is replace one object with another object according to the lighting so mm -hmm. that bored me i got bored doing that no thanks i don't want to do this for life <clears throat> which uh, another thing I learned in the military was I didn't want to have the same job for my whole career as a working person. And I wanted to do other photography, other types of photography. So after uh, the commercial aspect, I, <clears throat> I went to uh, medical photography, which was a, I happened to know the, my wife at the time was a nurse. So I met some of the people in the hospital where she worked and I met a medical photographer there and I asked him for a job. He said he didn't have an opening, but he knew somebody who did. One of the other hospitals in Milwaukee had an opening for a medical photographer and I applied and I happened to know the person who was running the photo department. We had gone to school together, got the job. That was- It's who you know, right? It's who you know. Yep, it's, it's sometimes it's who you know, that's for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. Loved, I loved medical photography because there were so many aspects to it. Uh, doing surgeries, doing autopsies, doing grip and grins. A grip and grin is when you attend a dinner and some company donates money to the hospital. They pull out these huge checks, you know, these big cardboard checks, <clears throat> and there's the amount written on it. And you have the president of the hospital and the president of the company holding the check and shaking hands and smiling. They're gripping each other's hands and they're grinning. <laughs> so they're called gripping grins. What else? Exactly. I did a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> but I also met a lot of celebrities at the hospital because they would come and visit the patients. So there was all kinds of activities going on at the hospital. However, a, uh, I got into a car accident by a not, a, not through a fault of mine, but through a drunk driver. And because of the accident, I was unable to work for a while and they wouldn't hold my job open. So I was out of work for that one. But I got another job working at a different commercial studio, but I didn't really care for this guy because uh, he was an ad executive and he thought he could pull off doing photography. Well, you can uh, schmooze people so much, but you can't schmooze a photograph without Photoshop. And at the time, there was no Photoshop. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wound maybe up doing may, a lot. Maybe, of... maybe that's why Adobe came to life because they needed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so that didn't work out too well. But then uh, my wife wanted to work for uh, Mayo Clinic. So she applied for a job there and got it. So we went, we moved to Rochester, Minnesota. And while we were there, I had a hard time finding work as a photographer. However, one of the grocery stores did have a photo department and video rentals. So I worked there. And that was, you know, I was telling people how to use cameras and I was renting videos and video machines and, you know, that kind of thing there. But the winters in Minnesota were a little worse than they are in Wisconsin. And my wife came home one day and said, this is much too cold for me. I'm moving to Arizona. I said, let's wait a minute here. Let's get a plan first. So I happened to know somebody in Phoenix. I wrote him a letter. He said, sure, come on, I'll be your tour guide. So I took a week off and we went to Phoenix, loved it. My wife got a job right away because she was a nurse. 30 days later, we moved. Couldn't find a job because Arizona is not like the Midwest. There are a lot more graphic houses in the Midwest than there were in Phoenix. I also knew at the time that I needed to learn how to use a computer or I would be a dinosaur in the photo world. I learned how to use a computer. I fell in love with a computer. I could edit pictures, manipulate them. I got a job after I got out of school right away once again because of my skills. I had already been a commercial photographer twice. I've been a, uh, a medical photographer. Things like that get you into doors, through doors, whatever. Right. So I got a job uh, working with editing photos and with Photoshop. So I got an early start on Photoshop. It was 5.2 at the time. And I learned how to edit pictures extremely well but I found out the guy wasn't paying a heck of a lot of money. So I went back and back to the school where I learned how to use a computer and they had job placement things there. And they had uh, a, a town in Northeast Arizona called Sholo had an opening for a photographer. I, I applied, uh, got an interview. I went up there, uh, interviewed with the publisher. He was from Wisconsin. Enough said. <laughs> Homeboys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I got a job. I have been fortunate that way as far as getting uh, positions at different places. So, and I had worked, uh, when we were still in Wisconsin, I worked part-time for a newspaper in Watertown, Wisconsin, uh, before we moved there, moved to Arizona, uh, as a stringer. A stringer is someone who goes to an event, takes pictures of, say, a baseball game or a parade, and takes and then processes the film and takes them to the newspaper and says, can you use any of these? 
And if they like your pictures, they'll buy them from you. So you, that way you can get your name out there and you get some experience with working with a newspaper. So that helped me when I interviewed for the job in Cholo. I knew something about newspapers. I wasn't brand new. Right, right. And, you know, so I, plus uh, the publisher happened to be from Wisconsin and that hit a note with him. I got the job. And I found out that I liked working for small town newspapers. The reason for that is because you get to know people because in a small town, you see the same people at a lot of the events you go to, like a rodeo or a concert or uh, some special event that they have, you know, different things like that, art fairs, county fairs, that kind of thing. You see the same people and they see you as the photographer. So you get a feeling for them and they get a feeling for you. And I was able to get in situations other photographers might not because I knew those people. And that made a big difference in taking pictures. Plus I liked small town newspapers. These little events were really cool. And you never knew when you went into work, what would be waiting for you? Just like a big town, uh, you go to work one day and you, you're gonna edit the pictures that you shot yesterday for tomorrow's paper. Well, the editor says, hey, there's a fire down on Fifth Street. You better get over there. You hop in your car and you go to the fire. Front page news picture of a house burning down. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Or other times uh, you'll be doing one thing. You think you're going to be doing this all day. And the editor says, hey, there's a guy down at the bank and they think he's got a bomb. So <laughs> you go down there <laughs> and see all the excitement around. There's firemen, there's cops, there's army guys. You know, they're all surrounding the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, you know. So just so, like big cities. Same so thing. you were doing that then. So you moved on. If, if, if that was something you love, small town, why did you move on? What caused you to move well, on? Well, I stayed. Uh, I stayed there for uh, six years. However, <laughs> uh, I got fired. That's why I moved on. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Do you, okay. Uh, I I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, do you really want to share well, why you got fired, or uh, you know? Well, I uh, I had a disagreement with the owner of the paper, and at the time, I thought my opinion was pretty good well small town newspapers no if he don't like what you're saying you're out of dodge so you in other words on. he wasn't he i asked was it a he or a she i shouldn't assume it was, it was a guy it was uh, a man yeah so i mean is it uh it, it's just that he didn't want to hear your opinion or or it, you Correct. you guys were just totally uh no, he, he didn't he didn't want to hear what I had to say because I was upset at uh, the way they were printing some of the pictures in the paper. The, uh, the second shift press runners would just, uh, in order to get the paper out, 
they let quality control go by the wayside just to get the paper out. And mm -hmm. I disagreed with that. And I told the owner that. He didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm out the door. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So in oh. other words, it was a sacrifice of quality for, the, for yeah. the quantity of the newspapers. Okay. Exactly. And, and, Which and, is understandable. Well, well, I don't know if that's totally understandable. It's, it's the customer. If the customer doesn't recognize it, I, I always look at quality to yeah. the to the end user okay i mean yes people build products but if if they don't if they don't see the poor quality then there's no real poor quality okay i know like snap on build engine analyzers okay that were made for race cars okay a 6000 uh -huh. rpm well i take that back for the average car not the race car right. so you couldn't right. put this thing on a race car because it had flaws Okay. Yeah. If you started checking your engine at high RPMs, it didn't work right. Okay. Yeah. So, but the thing was that wasn't the market. Okay. So unless you pushed it and took this product to a place it didn't, wasn't meant for, then it wouldn't break down. So I, I get what you're saying. And, and, and I understand your strong ethical background with quality since I, I, I know you, but yes, I, I, I can, I can see this. I can see the, I guess the, the, the situation we'll put it that way yeah. so okay so yeah. you moved on so what you do after that well i uh i got a job at a printing place in town as a graphic artist because i knew how to lay out ads for newspapers uh -huh. and i'm and i'm i'm good at that type of thing because it's it requires the same skills as a photographer you need a composition, you need to put it uh, in a certain space so all the values are equal, you know, so you don't have any, any distortions or anything like that. And basically, it's, it's pretty much like putting together a photograph when you put together an ad. You yeah. have to know how to put the ad together so people will read it. So I got a job doing that for about two years. But I would go back to the newspaper, the same newspaper, every couple of months and ask them, uh, what's the situation? You think I can get called back here? And the publisher was still the guy I knew from Wisconsin. And he said, well, not right now, but don't give up. Because I would rather be photographing than doing graphic arts. Although that was fine, you know, I could do that for a while. So it just happened that, uh, one of their graphic artists wanted to live in the valley, so he left. The paper hired me back as a graphic artist. So I did that for a year, and an opening again came for a photographer, and I got my job back at the same newspaper. However, uh, the publisher did say- Same stay, owner? Okay. Same, same. <laughs> yeah, same owner. Stay away from Mr. K. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> so uh, I didn't go to any, any of the uh, things that went on down in uh, Casa Grande where the home paper was. I would stay away from there. And whenever he came up, the publisher would tell me he was in town to see how the operation was. He would always tell me to disappear. You know, just go out on assignment. Get out of here. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. 
So I worked there again, but I still ran into trouble because one of the uh, uh, journalists and the editor of the paper uh, wanted to start their own newspaper as a competing paper, and they wanted me to join them because a small uh, publication that wanted to get bigger uh, was only printing once a week. We were printing twice a week. And the guy wanted to get out of the business. So we were in negotiations with him to take over his operation and expand it. Uh, the editor and the uh, other, uh, one of the journalists talked me into joining them as the photographer and I could do the ads, I could do the photography, blah, blah, blah. Well, the owner found out again. <laughs> So this time I got fired and <laughs> that was, that was the end of that newspaper. Gotcha. They wouldn't hire me back at that. So that, that was okay. I got a, I got a job again as a, uh, a graphic artist for a real estate magazine in town. There was one real estate magazine in town that published all the houses. They did their own work. You know, most of those small town things, go to a bigger company out of town to do that. But this company was big enough in town to do their own ads, do their own photographs and all that kind of stuff. So I got a job working for them. And that was nice. But uh, a newspaper in Payson, which was 80 miles away, knew that I was no longer working at the White Mountain Independent. And about six months into my working as a uh, graphic artist for this real estate publishing company, I got a call from the editor of that paper in Payson. And she said she would like to interview me. I said, okay. So I went over to, I drove over to Payson. I interviewed with her and she said she would let me know. And sure enough, I got a job working at the Payson Roundup. And I worked there for seven years. And by then I was pretty tired of editors because at both newspapers, I had gone through a couple of editors or I should say the newspaper went through some editors for various reasons. Some wanna move on to a bigger job. Uh, some had clashes with the publisher, you know, Newspapers are like that. You, they're like revolving doors with people. <laughs> I hope you found Andy's journey as interesting as I did. I actually found it interesting how the newspapers and magazine industry were looking for that perfect picture. Even today, Andy will take hundreds of shots of either a sunrise or sunset to get that perfect picture. In Following Your Dream Part 2, we will discuss Andy's perceptions of leaders, teamwork, and communications. He will also explain how he believes the personalities of others play such an important role. As I always say at the end of every podcast, people learn so much from both the experience and perceptions of others. 
So how about sharing yours? All you have to do is contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters youarejustanumber.com. All one word. Until next time, have a great day.